I am Bo Ellis Breedlove, and this is the June Bug. Welcome to the final episode of Season 1 of The June Bug. This has been quite a journey. Together, we have seen the rise of Caroline's dementia, partnered with a cascading series of events that laid the groundwork for her final years. Her sightings of the June Bug. Moments when she got lost in memories losing her beloved son, an abusive relationship with her granddaughter, and the devastating loss of her husband. She faced contentious times. She faced uncertainty, confusion, and anger. But at last, the blissful happiness when she embraced the alternate reality she found herself living in. Finally, she set aside the fear and anger. Caroline found herself in a world filled with fond memories and, of course, waiting for Vincent to come collect her. Narrating this story has, at times, been very emotional for me. The reason I started the Junebug Project was because I was devastated to realize the breadth of mistakes I made in the final years of my grandmother's life. I wanted to find a way of sharing people's end-of-life stories in a manner that shed light on their challenges and their hardest moments while giving other people, the rest of us, the opportunity to learn from those mistakes and challenges. When I chose to tell Caroline's story, I did so because it touched on many key issues that I felt were important and needed more exploration. Though the name Caroline is fictionalized, the character is based on a true story. She was a real person that can't get lost in this. The details we have discussed were someone's real-life experiences. I sincerely hope that Caroline's family, though they will remain anonymous, have found comfort in the sharing of her story. I hope that they have gained from the knowledge that Caroline's story has helped to educate and prepare others to provide more compassionate and loving end-of-life care. To Caroline's family, I want to say thank you 
for allowing me to share her story. The Junebug novel, based on Caroline's story, is available for pre-order now and will be released on June 1st. The novel itself goes into much more detail than this podcast ever could. It covers more intimate moments Caroline and Vincent shared in their final years together and paints a much fuller portrait of a story of unfaltering love and companionship. I hope you will take the opportunity to order your copy. Again, thank you for taking this journey with me. And stay tuned for a sneak peek at Season 2 at the end of this episode. Over the last 48 hours of Caroline's life, she experienced a number of hallucinations, a number of alternate realities that bystanders only glimpsed pieces of. She was waiting for Vincent. She was at a train station. She kept repeating, shall we try, with the giddiness of a schoolgirl. She was excited. She was happy. This story has been derived from putting together the pieces of what she said and what she did and creating a beautiful image of what we think Caroline was experiencing. Details in this story, such as names and places, have been altered or fictionalized to preserve privacy. Episode 10 The Station This, this is, this is too nice, Caroline thought to herself as she looked down upon her dress. She had grown accustomed to wearing old sweatpants and and baggy t-shirts, some of the few clothes that were provided for her in her closet at the creek. But this, this was much nicer. Crisp white linen draped gracefully around her waist, forming an elegant A-line dress. The bottom trim was decorated with white and yellow floral lace, edged with pearl beading. The bodice was constructed of the same white linen with a sweetheart neckline and cap sleeves ornamented with pearl beading 
in the patterns of sunflowers and roses. It looked like something she had once dreamed of. This, this isn't right, Caroline considered as she observed her surroundings. Rows of large oak benches were set six feet apart. The room was grand, with high domed ceilings. The walls were made of white marble with beautiful pink veining. The floor was stone. Worn paths traced centuries of footsteps, like you would expect to see in an old church in Italy. A large chandelier hung central in the room. It was decorated with milk glass and ornamented with glimmering crystal baubles. At each end of the oblong room were two large reception desks. Above one, a sign read, Arrivals. Above the other, Departures. There was no one manning the arrivals desk, and the board hanging above it was empty. Caroline stood and walked towards the attendant seated at the departures desk. The effort of standing seemed easy, free from discomfort and instability. She didn't need a walker or a wheelchair. Excuse me, Caroline politely interrupted the attendant's conversation with another well-dressed woman. Yes, Mrs. Aubrey, how can I be of service? Um, this is, sounds odd, but, um, where are we? What, what is this place? The young man smiled. Ah, that's right, you just got here. This is the waiting room. I believe Vincent is coming to pick you up. Caroline felt giddy. Her eyes widened and a smile swept across her face. Of course, of course he is. Turning away from the desk, Caroline made her way through the gathering of people to find a seat. Here, a woman said, pulling aside her tapestry bag to make an opening. You can sit with me. Thank you. I'm Caroline. Hi, Caroline. I'm Catherine. The woman greeted, pointing to an embroidered name on her floral print summer dress. Caroline glanced down and saw her own name delicately stitched on her bosom. The women smiled at one another as Caroline took her seat. Who who were you waiting for, Catherine? Catherine smiled joyously and said, My daughters, Milena and Julia. Oh, how nice. Where are you all going? Catherine pointed to a board hanging above the departures desk. The attendant was hanging new placards 
that spelled out Paris. Oh my, Caroline said enviously. I've always wanted to go to Paris. It's beautiful, Catherine responded. My daughters and I have gone many times. Where are you going, Caroline? Caroline paused for a moment, realizing she didn't know. You know, I'm not certain, but I'm sure my husband Vincent has it all planned out. He's coming to get me. Catherine nodded in agreement. Just then, a pay telephone located at the far corner of the room rang. I think that's for you, Caroline. Without considering the oddity of this event, Caroline rose and walked to the phone. Hello? Grandma? Ah, Philip, it's so good to hear your voice. Grandma, how, how are you? Philip, I am fine. I'm waiting here for your grandfather. He's coming to take me on a trip. Philip hesitated, uncertain of what his grandmother meant. Philip, I think I'll be leaving soon. Grandma, should I come? Yes, that would be wonderful. I better get off the phone, though. I don't want to hold up the line. I love you, Grandma. I'll, I'll see you soon. I love you too, Philip. Caroline returned to her seat as Catherine began collecting her belongings from the bench. Paris, departing now, a man's voice announced over the intercom. Well, Caroline, it's been lovely. I'm off now. Enjoy. I hope you have a fabulous time. The women embraced in a tight hug as though they had been close friends for many years. As Caroline watched, Catherine departed the station through two golden doors. The phone rang once more. That's you again, the gentleman said. Goodness, Caroline said, leaving again for the pay telephone. H Hello? Mom? Mom, it's Joe. Oh, good. Joseph, I'm waiting for your father to come pick me up. That's, that's nice, Mom. He'll be here soon. Can you come see me off? Sure, I'll head down now. Love you. I love you too, son. Just as she hung up the phone, it rang again. Hi, Mom. Margaret! I'm so glad you called. I just spoke with Joe and Philip, too. Mom, how are you? I am wonderful. They're coming to send me off. Your dad is picking me up. Are, are you going to come, too? Absolutely, Mom. I'll be there. I love you. I love you, too, daughter. Caroline again returned to her seat. Now, a gentleman had taken Catherine's position. He was dressed in a linen summer suit with a blue fedora sporting a black feather. Caroline introduced herself and asked 
where the man was heading. Just as Catherine had, he pointed to the board where new placards had been hung. Seattle. Caroline made friendly small talk with her seatmate and exchanged stories of their lives and travels. He was waiting for his wife to pick him up. Seattle, departing now. The duo said their goodbyes as the man headed towards the golden doors. Caroline sat waiting patiently, brushing the wrinkles out of her white linen dress and adjusting the cap sleeves, anxiously awaiting her husband's arrival. A young girl approached and asked if she could join Caroline. The girl was no more than nine years old and all by herself. Caroline was curious. Where are you off to all by yourself? I think my grandma is meeting me, but I'm I'm not really sure. Caroline smiled at the young girl, admiring her pink party dress. Young lady, that's a very pretty dress. Thank you. I think it's pretty too. The little girl reached out for Caroline's hand. I'm a little nervous. Can I hold your hand? You seem nice. Of course. The two watched as another man gathered his belongings and headed towards the large golden doors. The young girl looked up at Caroline and asked, where do you think those doors go? Caroline shrugged. I don't know. But do you think we should go find out? Yes, the girl said excitedly. The two looked towards the doors and spotted an attendant guarding them closely. I don't know. That man will ask for our tickets. As a smile crept across Caroline's face, she leaned over and whispered into the little girl's ear. I bet we can sneak past him. Shall we try? <gasps> really? The little girl said. Caroline was excited. Playfully excited, like a child. I think we should try. Shall we try? I think we should try. Caroline and her small companion rose from their seats and quietly sulked around the perimeter of the room, feigning to look at the marble of the walls, curiously inspecting their surroundings as they approached the attendant from behind. Caroline tried to slip past the man and place a hand on the door. Shoot, it's locked. Reluctantly, the duo returned to their seats. Dallas, a man announced. That must be me, the little girl said. My grandma, my grandma lived in Dallas. The small girl gave Caroline a tight squeeze before racing towards the now open doors. 
Glancing around at the dwindling crowd, Caroline spotted the desk attendant climbing his stepladder once more as he removed Dallas and hung a new destination. W. I. L. D. Caroline sat up with excitement as he finished the last letters. Wild Rose. That's me. I know that's me, Caroline excitedly announced to the room. Her excitement was uncontrollable as she leapt up from the bench and raced to the desk. Is that me? Am I next? She gleefully questioned the attendant. He looked down at the embroidered name on her chest. Yes. Yes, Mrs. Aubrey. That's you. Caroline clapped her hands together in joy. As she did so, the sound of a train lumbering into the station seized her attention. Wild Rose. The doors opened. A wave of steam obscured the platform view. As Caroline approached the doors, she saw a tall man emerge from the train. He was wearing a white Panama hat. Vincent. Oh, my Vincent. This is the first trailer for Season 2 of The June Bug. In Season 2, we are delving into the story of Gwyneth, known to her close friends as Birdie. Birdie has lived an incredible life spanning 93 years, but as the eve of her 94th birthday approaches, she comes to terms with the fact that her mind has outlived her body. She is in failing health, confined to her bed and a wheelchair. Birdie is incapable of caring for herself and depends on the 24-hour assistance of her grandnephew, Niccolo, 
who has come to care for her. Unwilling to watch her body continue to fail, Birdie has planned an elegant exit from this life. In season two, we will bear witness to the last 24 hours of Birdie's life. An antique German mantel clock, now relocated to the bedroom, chimes a melodic tune as two figurines emerge and dance on the diminutive gold gilt platform. 1 a.m. Birdie opens her eyes and smiles, comforted by the family heirloom that tolls her favorite melody. Claire de Lune. Nico, Nico, are you there? I'm right here, Birdie. Birdie outstretches an arm, reaching for her companion's hand. I think I need to recite the rosary again, Nico. Niccolo retrieves a pearl rosary from the nightstand and places it in the frail grasp of his aunt. She begins to murmur the prayers as Nico sets about refreshing her glass of water and fetching himself another cup of coffee so he can stay alert for his vigil. This night, as Bertie has already decided, will be her last. This is the last time she will hear the mantel clock chime for 1 a.m. She had dictated a schedule to Niccolo that detailed the next eight hours. The schedule culminated in the unsealing of the hospice comfort pack medications. Medications Birdie would administer herself, bringing a peaceful close to her 93rd year. Season 2 of The June Bug releases on July 6th. Thank you for listening. The June Bug is produced by Breedlove Creative Enterprises. Original music composed by Bo Ellis Breedlove. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review. You can also help support this podcast and the Junebug Project by becoming a supporting member on our Patreon page, www.patreon.com backslash the Junebug. Thank you for listening. New episodes drop every Wednesday. Stay tuned for the next installment of the Junebug.